You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for new set downs on Sunday. Welcome, guys. Welcome back to the Third Down Squad Podcast. Today, we're in week 12 of the NFL season. Again, yep. the three hosts, top left corner, Josh, top right corner, Derek, and down in the middle, it's me, Toby. And of course, to start off, we're going to have a quick recap of the games that were last week. And yeah, one one thing that stood out for me, and Derek, we talked about this before we started recording here. There yeah. were 11 games it this week that were decided by five or less points. The only two games that weren't decided that were decided by more than five points were between the Colts and the Saints. And of course, we're going to talk about these teams later. But yeah, what are you guys uh, take from this week in the NFL? Uh, all right, I'll start it off. Uh, again, I apologize for anyone that watches this. My camera is a little behind. Just try not to pay attention too much to it. Uh, yeah, like Toby said, we were talking about it. The Colts and the Saints, the only two teams that put together enough offense to just blow out their teams. And, uh, I mean, you're right. There was a lot of good games. Uh, I was definitely surprised by the Panthers uh, getting pretty much manhandled by the Lions most of the game. Yeah. Josh was correct yet again. When it came to his Broncos pick, yeah. he got lucky. He got lucky. I don't know yeah. how many times the Broncos have to get a game-winning field goal to win games at the end, but, you know, that just happens. Uh, Raiders get their second win of the season. Uh, Josh – or uh, yeah, Josh and I were correct with our Bears pick. The defense was just a little too strong for the Vikings – uh, and yeah, the Chiefs and Rams game looked mu- much more like a Big 12 conference championship game. Yeah. No defense involved at all, except for a few turnovers that went their way and just straight offense. Uh, third highest uh, game, uh, sp- scoring point game in the history of the NFL to date. Uh, yeah, that's my recap of this week. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh. Yeah. My recap kind of follows the same way as Derek's. I'm just surprised that the Lions pulled something together to beat the Panthers by one. I mean, yeah. Cam Newton had uh, what's his face in the end zone right there to get the touchdown or like the yeah. lead, and he just totally botched it. Well, that's Cam Newton when he throws it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, true. He slings it and just hopes it gets there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, the minute I saw that Broncos uh, game, Derek, I texted you immediately saying, how about that Broncos pick? And what did you yeah. say to me? Now let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think I'm think i justified in saying that I got that, that was the best pick. Because, again, the Broncos always have that one game where they just come out of nowhere when you think they're going to lose and they end up winning it. Yeah, giving the Chargers yeah, but the Broncos have done this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, just winning yeah. by by three points or something with a last yeah. second field goal. Yeah, and the Saints and Eagles game went the way I did not expect it to go at all. <laughs> Shout out to my brother yeah. Noah. Had Carson Wentz end up with two point five points. In fantasy. <laughs> well, <laughs> not was... a good start this week. 
Yeah, that was an embarrassment on the Eagles' part there. I just I had never seen Carson Wentz just so flustered and just throwing random grab balls just out of nowhere. And yeah, Marshawn Lattimore got his first interception of the season. Yeah, he got the first interception of the season. It was well deserved. Yeah, and and overdue. Yeah, it was overdue. Yeah, he performed pretty well in the last couple of weeks. But I'm gonna get to that later in my Saints segment. But yeah, you got anything else, uh, Josh? You wanna? I just gotta say that if uh, the Chiefs and the Rams game, that was ridiculous. That's as if two people decided, hey, let's play Madden, and it turned out as yeah. an actual game. That's all it was. Yeah, I mean, but 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 Madden on the easiest mode. Oh yeah, rookie mode. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just surprised the Rams pulled it off. I mean, yeah. Mahomes is just tearing them apart through the air, and somehow, yeah. somewhere, they still got it done. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's yeah, my my takes for this week. I I also got to go into uh, Carolina at Detroit because I think that's a very important game for the playoffs uh, that are starting in a couple of weeks. We're gonna talk about that later as well on the podcast. But yeah, the the Carolina Panthers, of course, uh, they were trailing uh, a lot in that game, and the Detroit Lions had the control of the game for uh, most parts of the game. But then Carolina missed a field goal from 34 yards in the third quarter. They missed a PAT in the fourth quarter and failed to convert a two-point conversion also in the fourth quarter. So it should have been an easy win for Carolina, but they just failed to make the easy points with a short field goal and a PAT, which would have won them the game. Another game that Derek already talked about is the Oakland Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I don't know who watched that game. It, I, I had it on my second screen, but it was terrible to watch. It was uh, barely watchable to... Terrible teams right now in the league, but yeah, the Raiders won. But I actually think the Raiders hurt themselves by winning that game. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna talk about that later as well in the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, a lot of points that I'm gonna touch on later here, but of course, I, I gotta talk also about that ridiculous game on Monday night between the Chiefs and the Rams. And uh, for me, uh, that game uh, can only be described in three words with what a game. Over 1,000 yards yeah. of total offense, 105 points, the first time in the history of the NFL that both teams score over 50 points. And then there's Patrick Mahomes with five turnovers, three interceptions, one for a touchdown, and two in the final minutes of the game that could have decided the game for the Chiefs, and two fumbles, one of which was also for a touchdown. So in my opinion, and uh, a lot of other people's opinion as well as I've heard for now, uh, actually the Chiefs are the better team even after losing to the Rams because with five turnovers and a turnover ratio of plus three, uh, the Rams should have won with more than three points there. It's it's ridiculous that they only had a, a three-point win there when they scored two defensive touchdowns and still have two more interceptions and two more fumbles in there. Uh, for me, the, the Chiefs are the better team right now over the Rams. And one thing I have to add here, uh, that one thing that I th- said last week in the podcast during our prediction... Uh, last week for this, uh, for or for week eleven actually, 
if you haven't uh, watched that episode or have listened to it, uh, I would strongly advise you do that. Uh, but I actually said that for the Chiefs and Rams game, I I predicted, as we all did, that the Chiefs would win. But I also predicted that Tyreek Hill would have 200 yards and two touchdown passes, uh, touchdown receptions in that game. And yeah, you guys really didn't believe that would happen back then. But he actually won up me a little bit. He got 10 receptions for 215 yards and two touchdowns. But uh, I felt it on fantasy. Tell me about it. I yeah, had you have it on fantasy. I told you last week. I yeah. I, I like Tyreek Hill in fantasy, and you're gonna like him this week. So my prediction came through in that one. I just want to mention it. Even with me not being good at predicting winning teams, I'm uh, I actually can predict what what a player can do in a game. Okay, so now we have the recap of Week Eleven. Uh, it's your guys' time with uh, a recap of the Colts. Josh, you want to start this one off? Sure, I'd be more than happy to. Let's see now. The Titans were favored, or I guess didn't have said favored, but they are second place in the AFC South. And people said, oh, they're on a roll because they beat Tom Brady. And in all honesty, they got sh- they just w- couldn't even do anything. I can't even think of the words. That's how embarrassing it was to watch them play. Yeah. Shut I mean, down. I mean, Andrew Luck against the Titans, as you said, Derek, is still undefeated against them. They still can't find a way to beat Luck when he's in there. And they just even like showed it because when I looked at the uh, halftime score, I saw 34-3, to or no, 24-3, to and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're actually in the lead by a huge margin for the first time this season. I hope we don't blow it, and we didn't. We got, I mean, towards the end, we let him have that one touchdown, but in all honesty – the Titans just got shown up by the Colts who first or not like from my standpoint, but by other people said that they should have beat us handedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Derek? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try and just, you know, all my excited energy is gone. You know, I said it last week, the Colts were going to win by two scores. Sure enough. That's what happened. ESPN now ranks the Colts as the 12th best team in the NFL compared to 21st last week they're now understanding just how potent this this offense is for the Colts the Colts offense over the last five weeks is now the fourth best offense in the NFL only behind the Rams the Chiefs and the Saints uh O-line 214 consecutive snaps of no sacks Andrew Luck has been hit a grand total of four times in the last four games. Absolutely insane. Now, the one thing that does suck about that game, the one and only bad thing, Ryan Kelly is injured with the same knee that he's had issues with before. It's saying that he will not be out the whole season, but he could possibly miss a couple weeks with that knee injury. Uh, it is a blow to the offensive line, but I don't think it's going to be as dreadful as people say it is. I would have, I would have rather him get hurt than Quentin Nelson and Anthony Costanzo at this point. But I don't think it's going to slow down the momentum. Uh, the the Colts have been insane this week. Almost everything went right. If the Texans had lost that game against the Redskins, which they almost could have. 
then every single possible good thing that could have happened to the Colts this week in regards to the playoff push happened this week, and which we'll get to later on in the podcast. But, yeah, again, the uh, the defense shut down the defense or the offense of the Titans. The Titans came in averaging over 100 yards per game and rushing. The Colts held them to under that for only the second time so far this year. Uh, sacked uh, the quarterback four times in this game. Uh, Marcus Mariota obviously didn't make the second half due to a hand injury, but it's not like that would have saved the Titans either way. Uh, and the Colts just looked like a team possessed. Everywhere you looked, they were ready to go. Darius Leonard had himself another huge game, which is another candidate for why he deserves to be rookie of the year given his stats and what he has done for the defense so far. But again, I can't give enough credit to Chris Ballard and to Frank Reich. These two are literally hitting gold. The draft is showing why it's so valuable. We have rookies that are looking like absolute studs in the NFL right now. Frank Reich is has a great game plan. And Toby, you and I talked about it yesterday. Yeah. For the offense for the Colts, the tight ends accumulated for five catches in that game. Yeah. Five. It's un- Eric Ebron did not have a target. Yeah, he only tried game. that one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Mo Ali Cox did not have a target in that game. Jack Doyle had a couple catches for a couple good games. But at, uh, the whole game, it was Jordan Wilkins a touchdown, a Marlon Mack touchdown, two touchdowns by T.Y. Hilton, who had a phenomenal game, yeah. by the way, and Dontrell Inman. So, again, I was talking to Toby. It was like, this isn't – this that wasn't by mistake. That was by design. We, they purposely went to the wide receivers to keep away from the tight ends because they yeah. knew the Titans' defense was the number one pass defense in the NFL, allowing only 290 yards per game and allowed the fewest touchdowns to tight ends. They were going to put more pressure on the tight ends and sure enough, that left T.Y. Hilton and a lot of these other receivers open to make big plays. I yeah. can't I, I'm just so happy that the Colts are doing what they're doing right now. Colts Nation, enjoy it. Enjoy the success because right now, this is only the beginning. Yeah, yeah I just got, I got one last thing to say. How sure. come nobody called the burn unit on Malcolm Butler? I mean, how many times did he get burned by T.Y. Hilton? I mean, it was yeah, he, a couple times. A couple of times, yeah. And, I mean, he didn't really look that good the entire season. It was just that one game against uh, the Patriots, kind of his yeah. revenge game on Bill Belichick. But uh, all the other games in the season, I think before the Patriots game, he actually gave up seven touchdowns, which is mm-hmm. the which to, uh, at that point was the highest in the NFL. So, uh, I will say this. The defensive coordinator for the Titans – had to leave mid-game due to a medical yeah. reason. I don't know the status of of him right now, but you can only wish him good luck. Uh, it's not like, you know, again, I'm not going to try to be mean about it. You know, the Colts obviously destroyed him every way possible. But, of course, at the end of the day, there's a lot more to football than just football. Yeah. Hopefully he's back on the field and ready to go soon. Yeah, uh, I think that's from all of us here. Uh, but yeah, going from one success story with the Colts, uh, to the next one with the saints, 
Of course, they played at home against the defending Super Bowl champion, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, yeah, there was nothing much to see that the Eagles were actually the Super Bowl champions uh, just about nine months ago. Uh, they were absolutely manhandled by the Saints in that game with a score of 7-48 for the Saints, uh, which uh, I think is the biggest margin uh, of a loss for a defending champion in the history of the NFL. And, well, I mean, hey, that first play, Mark Ingram, 33-yard rush, that showed yeah. exactly how that night was going to go. Yeah, it, it it showed exactly how that night was going to go. And Mark Ingram is running with uh, some anger, and that's always when Mark Ingram uh, performs the best. And, yeah, you guys know I like my numbers, so I got a couple of stats here from the game. And, of course, I got to start off with Drew Brees here. Uh, again, he, he didn't start that good on passing. He had a couple of passes that uh, didn't really hit it, hit the target to begin the yeah. game, but he still finished with uh, 22, uh, uh, yeah, 22 completed passes with 30 attempts for 363 yards, four touchdowns, and a passing a passer rating of 153.2. And yeah, talking about the passer rating, uh, I mean there is a conversation. Uh, whether Patrick Mahomes or Drew Brees should be the MVP this season. And I can't give you one number why Drew Brees is the clear favorite for me. And that's the average pass rating for Drew Brees in the month of November so far through three games against the Rams, the Bengals, and the Eagles. Three teams that are not bad at all, that are somewhere in the midfield of the league or with the Rams, uh, one of the top teams in the NFL. He has an average passer rating of 149.9. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is nowhere near that level. So for me, Drew Brees is the clear favorite to win the MVP award this year. But some other stats that I have for the game as well is actually Michael Thomas was not the favorite target of Drew Brees in the game at all. Michael Thomas only had four receptions on four targets, 92 yards and one touchdown. But the number one target in this game for the Saints was rookie Traquan Smith. Of course, he got uh, kind of famous with uh, catching uh, Drew Brees' pass for suppressing uh, Peyton Manning in passing yards against the Washington Redskins. But he got 10 uh, receptions on 13 targets for 157 yards and one touchdown. And yeah, one more stat uh, that stood out to me is Marshawn Lattimore who had his first interception of the season in this game, which is well-deserved mm -hmm. and uh, far less than many of us were expecting from him this year. But everybody's always talking about how the Saints are a great rushing defense, but are one of the worst passing defenses in the league. But there is one stat right now for Marshawn Lattimore in the last two weeks against the Bengals and the Eagles. Marshawn Lattimore only allowed one pass, which was against the Eagles, for three yards in two games. Shutdown mode. Yeah, complete what? shutdown. <laughs> so if you're a team and playing against the Saints uh, or in fantasy, number one receivers for the other team and Marshawn Lattimore is shadowing your guy, uh, don't start him. Plain yeah, and simple. Yeah, totally don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's safe to say, Toby, that if you're the Saints or you're the Colts, 
you are one of the two teams that nobody wants to face in the NFL. Yeah, you don't want to face the the Colts and the and the Saints right now. And uh, actually, uh, I gotta uh, go back to the Colts. That's one thing I forgot. Uh, Derek, you talked about the Colts being ranked 12th by ESPN right now, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't think uh, 12th is really cutting it for the Colts. For me, the Colts are a low-end top 10 team in the NFL right now. I know we don't do the power rankings this week, but uh, definitely the Colts, for me, are in the top 10 teams in the NFL right now. And they're, they're, ESPN is ranking the 12th. I would rank them higher, but yeah. That's now uh, done with our teams. And... Yeah, we have talked about the NFC East last week. And out of given circumstances uh, with the Alex Smith injury for the Washington Redskins, uh, we kind of have to talk about it again, how it affects Uh the NFC East. And it's a close division right now. Uh, I I think everybody still has the chance to win the division there. So, yeah, yeah, what do you guys think? How is the NFC East going to play out? Well... Uh, first prayers up to Alex Smith, man. I mean, what a ter- horrific yeah. injury that was happening. And not to mention the 33rd anniversary to date of Joe Theismann getting the same exact injury. And Joe Theismann being at the game, mm-hmm. as unfortunate as circumstances as that yeah. was, and, and, you and really not, hope. And not even that. The, the, the coincidences go further. The game had the same exact score that the game did 33 years ago. Again, yeah, like whether you're not ironic or coincidence, whatever it is, I mean, you only hope that Alex Smith can come back from that because he was having a terrific season. Maybe not amazing in numbers, but he was clearly leading the Redskins to potentially the number one spot in the NFC East before this injury. And now due to this injury, since the Washington Redskins are now signing former butt fumble quarterback Mark yeah. Sanchez. Yeah. And yeah, I don't right. know if you noticed that, Josh. I know, but I just gotta say really quick, remember, Mark Sanchez deserves a little bit more credit because <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now, he beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yes, but that yeah. was also what eight years ago. Yeah, still there. It's still there. Yeah, how how okay. long ago was it that he he threw his last pass in an actual NFL game? He was out of the game so long now. Yeah, but yeah, it's like yeah, yeah again, it's that you're replacing a good quarterback and you have no good alternative. And the quarterback position is the most important one. It's not like you're losing a couple others. But, I mean, let's think about it. The Washington Redskins are 6-4. and four. The Dallas Cowboys are 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. The uh, – what do we got? And then the Giants, obviously, I think the Giants are out of this point, unless they go insanely red hot, which I don't believe they I, I mean, they're, they are only two games uh, behind the Dallas Cowboys right now. True, true. They got three. But, again, the Eagles are four and six. We don't know whether or not they're going to make a comeback or not. But, at this point, the clear favorite to win it at this moment is the Dallas Cowboys because of just how 
cohesive they've looked as a unit. Uh, the offense has actually played very well, and yeah. obviously the Eagles are struggling to find themselves right now. The Washington Redskins are going to slip in the power rankings. I do not believe they will win the division because they are just without a quarterback. I do believe ultimately the Cowboys or the Eagles will be a toss-up on who wins the NFC East. But it's still, like Toby said, it's still a toss-up. You know, it, there's it, any one of these teams can win. Washington can win, lose every game from this point yeah. on. The Eagles could win a couple. The Cowboys could win a couple. The Giants could win the majority of the rest of their games and somehow find a way to do what they're doing. And again, Toby, I didn't mention it in my recap. You and I were correct when we said Saquon Barkley was going to go for over 200 yards yeah. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had 150 rushing, over 100 in receiving. They they're obviously finding their groove offensively. They're not super great right now, but they're finding their groove. Uh, again, the Washington Redskins, I think at this point, are done. I do not believe they have a chance of getting it because of their quarterback situation. But I would love to see what you guys think about it. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, just... My, my heater just uh, turned on. So I yeah, I I, uh, I'm just going to give, uh, give a uh, quick break here. I can't. Uh, I just have to edit that one out. Yeah. So, Josh, you want to go first? Yeah. So, I definitely think that with the loss of Alex Smith, uh, it's definitely going to go to the uh, Cowboys in this instance here, because I just uh, think that they've got everything that it takes to win the championship or the not the championship, but the uh, NFC East and claim the number one spot because they're. Like Derek said, a, a nice cohesive unit. Um, yep. I mean, Leighton Vander was it Vanderhorn? Vanderesh. Vanderesh. Yeah. Leighton Vanderesh is looking pretty good for the middle linebacker because yeah. Sean Lee is getting hurt, and that's the whole reason they uh, drafted him, just so that when Sean Lee goes out, they're not left in the open without a middle linebacker. But I just think that the Redskins can win a few. They're not going to lose, like, lose out the season. I don't think that's possible for them to lose out the season. But the Giants are, you can tell, they're about ready to move away from Eli Manning regardless. Yeah. Regardless. it's The writing's on the wall for Eli. I think he's done, in, and at least in New York. Mm -hmm. I can actually see him going to the Redskins at the end of the season for, like, a few draft picks. <laughs> Because I think uh, that's that one's a stretch. Yeah. I, I I probably think he, he he's more a candidate for for the Jaguars, but that's not the topic right now. Yeah. Or but who knows with the way that Darnold's playing, he might go to the other New York team. But, yeah, but 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 yeah. the Jets already said that they see their future in Darnold. So. Yeah. All right. Well, sticking back in the NFC East, I don't know why yeah. I decided just to go to other divisions with that one. But uh, let's see the Eagles. I'm not counting them out yet. I just think that they just lost, like they just kept getting injury riddled, and yeah. they just can't get back together with that. That's mm -hmm. why. I, that's why I'm just saying that the Cowboys have the makings to take the number one position in the NFC East. They're just a more cohesive yeah. unit. Yeah, uh, I, I I see it the same way right now. I I think the the Cowboys are right now the favorite to win the division, especially after they got into a groove. In the last two weeks, after they added Amari Cooper at wide receiver, 
I think that was one of the additions that really helped them out, and Dak Dak Prescott more comfortable there to kind of have that one target that he didn't have at the beginning of the season Mm because neither Ellen Hearns nor uh, Michael Gallup or any of the other uh, additions from the offseason helped him out in any way. But, yeah, we talked about that the Redskins are signing uh, Mark Sanchez but it looks like that Mark Sanchez is actually just a backup quarterback to Colt McCoy, and they actually start Colt McCoy next week. Yeah. So, but Colt McCoy, eh, he had kind of a decent game against Houston, but I don't think that he can keep that level of production, especially on the ground uh, in the next coming weeks, because I I think it was just that uh, Houston was just not prepared to play against Colt McCoy, who's more the the new era of running backs, uh, not running backs, quarterbacks, but who is running the ball more uh, compared to Alex Smith, who is just more of a uh, kind of pocket passer. So they were kind of more uh, prepared for, for the pass and not for the QB sneak or QB run. So for me, I think the Redskins will have it tough in the coming weeks. And I don't see the Redskins winning the division. I think they might actually make it to the the second spot in the division still. I, I don't uh, see the Philadelphia Eagles overtaking them right now, especially with the injuries that they have in their uh, defensive backfield because uh, about everybody is out. I think they have no, or they had nobody on the bench against uh, the Saints after the one injury in the first or second quarter. I can't quite remember but they didn't have any more cornerbacks or safeties on the bench for the rest of the field. Uh, I don't know what they would have done if any but anyone else got hurt there. But So for me, the Eagles, uh, I, I don't give them a chance anymore on uh, taking the division. Same for the Giants. They are hot right now. But unless they pull off a huge miracle, uh, I don't see the Giants there. For me, it's Redskins, Cowboys, and Redskins without Alex Smith. Uh, I, I I just don't see them getting past the Cowboys right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's our take on the uh, NFC East, and I talked about it before uh, that the Oakland Raiders actually hurt themselves by winning, and that was because of the draft next year. And right now... I know week 11 is a bit early for a draft projection, but uh, we're going to do one anyway. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see the projected draft order after week 11 on your screen right now. The first pick right now would be with the San Francisco 49ers with a record of 2-8. and eight. Same record at the second spot are the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the third team at 2-8, and eight, but with the weakest strength of schedule are the Oakland Raiders. And at number four, New York Jets with a record of three and seven. And New York Giants rounding out the top five picks, also with a record of three and seven. There are also three other teams currently with a record of three and seven, which are the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Buffalo Bills. So guys, go ahead, uh, give us your draft projections. Uh, How are the top five picks? Which team is going to have them? And who you think that they're going to draft? Uh, yeah, Josh, do you want to go with this first or do you want me to go? You go first. All right, awesome. 
let's get started with this. I did a little bit of research on the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Raiders picks, or uh, games for the rest of the season. Uh, I had the 49ers best case scenario and Cardinals best case scenario finishing 4-12, and 12, the both of them. And I had uh, both of them finishing with a record of 3-13 and 13, to my liking. Uh, the Raiders I had as the third pick. Best case scenario for them I think is five and eleven, and I think that they go uh, they finish four and twelve. The Jets uh, are my fourth pick. Uh, I think that ultimately you know they're limited on offense, and I think for the fifth pick I do not believe the Giants will stick around for that long. I believe that the Buffalo Bills will find a way to come back down because of still their issue with their quarterbacks. Uh, and, and again, I mean, you look at some of these games that some of these teams play. 49ers, you know, they got to face uh, they got to face some really good teams. Yeah. The Cardinals have to face the Chargers, the Packers, and uh, a couple of other teams. I know the 49ers and the Cardinals both have to play the Rams later on this yeah. season, so that's a definite loss. Uh, again, I think the the first three are almost a solidified the, – these three teams are going to stay in there, and it's hard to tell which one's going to stay where, but I think those three are definitely going to stay. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say the 49ers will go – whoever the first three is, if it's the Raiders, the 49ers, and the Cardinals, they will go with Nick Bosa – the first pick of the NFL draft, whichever one of them are. Because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, the Jets, the Raiders, the Cards, and the 49ers all believe they have their run, their quarterback. Yeah. And at this point, well, you're well, seeing the, the, what the, they, Ra the Raiders not so much. The Raiders not so much. I do believe John Gruden believes that Derek Carr is his guy. But yeah. that's, that's either here nor there. But you're seeing this year specifically how much of an impact a defensive lineman is having. The the two highest paid players at the defensive position ever are playing in the NFL right now, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald, yeah. both of them having tremendous seasons for their team. I think, uh, like you said, Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver are definitely – the two guys that you want to think about the most. Uh, if the bills come down, the receivers are definitely going to be up for grabs on that one. But yeah, those are my top fives who I think are going to finish the year at the bottom of the NFL. All right. Yep. Uh, let's see. Personally, I, I really like, well, not really like, I should just say that it's pretty much going to more than likely stay the same. As what it was, uh, as it already is, majority of the way through. Yeah. I just think that the Raiders may fall further down, even though they beat the Cardinals. I just think that the Cardinals can still scrounge up enough wins to pass the Raiders, even though I'm pretty sure the Cardinals think that this season's already done, and which it is for them. Anyway, I still think that the uh, Niners are still going to be the number one pick in the uh, NFL. I just think without, uh, let's see. Garoppolo, I think if I'm, yeah, uh, God, I'm stumbling my words. I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> but uh, 
I just think without Garoppolo, they're just not going to win. As much as I like the guy that came from the same college as uh, Brett Favre, he just looks like a nice dude you want to get to know. I think that he can at least get two wins out of the remaining season. I, I just think that without Garoppolo, again, just to reiterate the point, they just can't win. And let's see. I got the Raiders at two because I just think that it was just a fluke that they won. Yeah. They shouldn't have won that one, yet they did. I don't know why Gruden was so happy as if his job yeah. was on the line, which it kind of is and kind of isn't. After giving it, 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 it's not really. With that contract, you can't fire a coach. Oh, yeah. It was $100 million for 10 years. Yeah, so you, you can't fire him after one season. There's no way. Yeah. As much as all of Oakland Nation wants that to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, if he actually lost the game, which I actually, I don't know if you're done yet, Josh, but I'm going to touch on that with my draft analysis. I think he had actually a good strategy on there, and I, I, I kind of saw what he was doing there with uh, accumulating the draft picks, and I, I, I think with the first pick, if the Raiders have the first pick, I think he has a decent chance to get a good team next year. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So with that being said, like what you just said there, Toby, I do think the Raiders would draft Nick Bosa. I think that that, that Gruden wants to have Raiders yeah. and have the best defense in the NFL coming next season. So I think he would want to start it with Nick Bosa, pretty dominant defensive end coming off of the edge, just like his brother Joey's doing in L.A. Yeah. And that's it for mine. I made him All short. All right. Sw- yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I said it about the Oakland Raiders now, and uh, my my take was as well. If you're the Oakland Raiders, you're looking to get the first overall pick. You're getting Nick Bosa. You're paying him a rookie contract for four years, and you basically have someone that you can't just put in there that is that that might actually be as good as Khalil Mack and have a replacement for him for cheap for four years, and you can bring him, uh, bring in other guys that are more expensive from uh, from other teams. I don't know, maybe sign Le'Veon Bell even. Why not? Why not bring in Le'Veon Bell, pay him $20 million a year. You have a good running back in there. Uh, Derek Carr might get more comfortable in there with a good running back, actually, because, uh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch, he's getting old. Doug Morton, yeah, he's not performing that well. He never really was uh, after one year with Tampa Bay. I think that he actually put up pretty good numbers. But, yeah, back to my draft order right now. Uh, For me, the first four teams right now in the draft order with the San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, Oakland Raiders, and the New York Jets are going to stay the same. My projection right now is that the 49ers, as well as the Cardinals, as well as the Raiders, are not winning any more games, and the Jets uh, do neither. So the 49ers, Cardinals, and Raiders are finishing their season at 2-14. and 14. When I'm looking at their schedule, there might be one game in there that could go differently with the 49ers this week against Tampa Bay, but I'm having Tampa Bay winning that one just by, by an edge, especially that Tampa Bay is at home. But all the other games, the 49ers have to, tra- uh, have to play twice against Seattle, against Denver, against Chicago, and the last game is against the LA Rams at LA. Uh, The Cardinals have uh, to play against LA as well. They have to play against the Chargers, they have to play against the Packers, and they have to play against the Seahawks. The Raiders have to play twice against Kansas City. 
Uh, I don't see them playing any game. Okay, there is might be one other game that is winnable for one team that is up there in the draft picks right now with the Chats at Buffalo. But uh, yeah, you have seen how the Chats against Buffalo went the last time with Buffalo just blowing out the Chats at home. Uh, so I don't see any changes there. They're not going to win uh, another game. But for me, the fifth pos uh, position or the fifth draft pick is not with the Giants. I see the Giants winning two more games this year, uh, ending up uh, with a 5-11 and record this season. And moving into the fifth spot are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs, uh, uh, I don't know. They are... Mm, they are struggling a little bit. Yeah, I'm giving them the win against the four, uh, the 49ers this week, uh, which puts them at a record at the end of 4-12. and 12. But, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are just... Uh, I'm seeing them number five right now. You're bouncing between two quarterbacks, considering Ryan Fitzpatrick just got benched. And like you yeah. said... The defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just bad right Sorry now. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, good point there, Derek. And actually, I was thinking about that. It looks like the best strategy for the Bucks right now is starting a quarterback and changing the quarterback at halftime. That's right now, I think, the best strategy for the Bucs. It's working. As soon as you put in a quarterback in the second half and bench the other one, the other one can play pretty decently at quarterback. But, yeah, the Buccaneers definitely have a, a problem at QB. That's why my projection is that at number five, they are picking a quarterback in Justin Herbert from Oregon because they just need another quarterback. Uh, Jameis Winston is not working out. Um, yeah, he was their quarterback for the future. Not anymore. I think it's time to move on from him and get a rookie QB. And Justin Herbert is uh, the number one quarterback, I think, right now in that draft. Uh, but now going to the New York Giants, I, I think Ed Oliver will drop to them. I think I know he's not the best fit for the defense. The Jets are playing a 3-4 defense. Ed Oliver out of Houston is coming uh, out of a 4-3 defense. But I think he has the athleticism of playing outside in a 3-4 defense to play at defensive end in that scheme. So, and he's just too good to pass for the Jets at that position. Uh, the Oakland Raiders at three, I have going with a defensive end in Clellan Farrell uh, from Clemson. They just need a replacement for the outside rush for Khalil Mack. Farrell uh, probably won't be at that caliber of uh, Khalil Mack, but they have pretty good inside uh, linemen there. But they just need the pressure from outside a little bit more. At number two at uh, in Arizona, I got them picking Jonah Williams, uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama. The Arizona Cardinals are kind of midfield uh, in the defensive, in total defense right now in the NFL. But they are dead <laughs> last in total offense, which is kind of weird because Josh Rosen was... Uh, a quarterback that everybody was talking up to be a good quarterback in the NFL. You have one of the best running backs in there, and you still have pretty good receivers in there with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, so I think the main problem there is the offensive line, so I think they're going to go with an offensive tackle to kind of protect their young quarterback and give David Johnson 
more room to run. And of course, the number one pick, I think it's obvious, the number one pick, it, it doesn't matter who it's going to be, it's going to be Nick Bosa. He's just the best player that comes in this draft class. Uh, and yeah, San Francisco actually needs some pressure from outside. Uh, and Nick Bosa would be tremendous there. Uh, and yeah, it would be a great fit for San Francisco. And it would actually be the best player in the draft as well in a position they actually need. So right. yeah, now we uh, have our projected draft order. But before we are coming to the draft next year, we still have to go through the playoffs. And yeah, Josh, you had a pretty good question a couple of days ago, I think it was, or yesterday, that yeah. I want to talk about. Uh, should the NFL change the playoff format to a kind of uh, college playoff format? So that you have a, a committee that selects the team to take part in uh, the playoffs. And to everybody who is listening right now, because uh, we are an international podcast right here who is not familiar with the playoff format in college. In college, they have a 13-member committee who selects and seats the four teams to take part in the college football playoffs. The four teams play in two semifinal games, and the winner of each semifinal advances to the college football playoff national championship game, which crowns the national champion in college football. So, yeah, uh, I think, Josh, as you brought up the question... Uh, why do you think the NFL should change to a college playoff format? I think that if they were to change to college football playoff format, I, I think you're, you're going to have your pros and your cons. I already know that because the Patriots could end up being like the Alabama, the National Football League, always being number one, even though they really aren't. But I do think that if – it's, this is kind of hard to like defend because the way that the NFL is already at just shows you that if you're the better team, you're already in. But the same thing goes for the college football playoff, where if, as long as you're like in the top four, you're yeah. fine. But, but the one that's always up for grabs is that number four spot because that's always being replaced and refreshed left and right. Yeah. So if they were to switch that into a committee, I think that it would, I guess, slow it down. Because, uh, I mean, we're always used to ask, having the question presented to us of, well, what if the college football playoff actually was like more like the NFL playoff? Yeah. And where the two wildcard teams, like, I guess for college football, it would probably be like your fifth and your sixth seed go up against the the, uh, the three and the four seed, you know, and the winner goes on to play the one and the two seed, and then so, and so, so on and so forth. I just think that a committee – governing the uh nfl may be may actually get be more fair than what the other teams deserve because you could have a division that is just total garbage and still have like a champion i'm like i'm talking about like the panthers back when the nfc south was like trash yeah. two years ago. something like that to like keep it so that if you know your team is like garbage and doesn't deserve to be in that thing that you know lead spot then you can put somebody else in there who's like willing to make it like another like third team in like the division of like another, I, I guess of like another division. So yeah. instead of having AFC, NFC, we just have one NFL kind of like that. All right. All right. That's, that's a good information. And it is, a, you know, but I think 
a lot of times people are too quick to try and change something that's not broken. Yeah. Let me ask you this. The only reason you would want to change the NFL format to the college football format format is because you believe it gives you the better chance of having a better end product, which means can we get a better Super Bowl? Now, please, I'm going to ask you, gentlemen, has there been a Super Bowl in the last 10, 15, 20 years that we've been alive that you can remember that said, these two teams don't belong here? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we, we you can complain about it. Now, we'd say that the NBA is their format because we say the five best teams in the league, four of them are in the Western Conference. So it makes sense to try and change that because there's a lot more flexibility of trade and player movement in the NBA. There's yeah. not as much in the NFL. There's a lot more bargaining. There's a lot more competitive fairness, which is an actual term, by the way, yeah. that teams use. That's why there's a team salary, and it never really increases that much to keep it competitive between teams. I mean, we could say the Saints and the Rams, they're definitely two of the best teams. But then in the AFC, you have the Chiefs, you have the Patriots, and you have a couple of good teams that can make headway. Yeah. I don't think that there should be a change in the NFL just simply because the product is not broken. You've seen the last three years, every Super Bowl just seems to get better and better with the components that they play. I just don't think that it really needs a change. Yeah, uh uh, I have the same exact view. I, I I don't think that the playoffs in the NFL are broken right now, so why fix them? But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, of course, uh, the pros of it, I I see them. You you kind of have these games, uh, or can have the games in the wild card round when you have a, a bad division like Derek said a couple of years ago with the NFC South when the Panthers went to the playoffs at a 500 record, I believe it was. Because everybody just uh, couldn't win games down there. Uh, and you could have them go up against, I don't know, a team that won their division and or against a uh, wildcard pick. Probably if you're the fourth seed, you're, you're going up against uh, number five. And number five could easily be a team that has a record of uh, 12 and 3 if they are uh, in a strong division right now. And then you have a, a team that is 12 and 3 over the entire season uh, going against a team that has a 500 record. So I think the committee in that case uh, would bring better playoff games. But how often do you have the instance that a 500 team uh, wins their division? And right. And we we saw the Broncos. Remember when the Broncos and the Panthers went? The only yeah. real game that I've seen that was so uncompetitive, Carolina facing Arizona. And yeah. it wasn't because Arizona had a – they just ultimately weren't a better team at that time. Their record just was portrayed to be different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, and, and then would, would you say yeah. that the – sorry, Toby. That's all right. Go ahead. Uh, would you say the committee would be made up of the owners and Goodell would be chased out, though? No, I, 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 I would, I would do a independent committee. Mm -hmm. None of the owners, not, uh, nobody that is involved in anything in the NFL, uh, just yeah. independent committee. But yeah, I, I, uh, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not for changing it. So I also have my cons, 
And I mm-hmm. think actually being the best team in your division should mean something. So you should be rewarded for it with a place in the playoffs. And yeah, if you have a uh, uh, a weak division and you're a weak team, so be it. You play one uh, one game in the playoffs. But yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't really change much. Yeah, yeah, so we have one boring game, but there's always that uh, that underdog story that could be, be there. That one team that doesn't play well during the regular season uh, makes it uh, to the playoffs and uh, suddenly they flourish and can win games. And also, mm-hmm. I think with a committee, we are seeing this in college football about, I think it's almost every season. You always have the conversation with that fifth team if it's close between four and five. Uh, why, why did they yeah. select the number four team and why is number five out of the playoffs? And I think with the way that the NFL does it right now, you have the four division winners in there, and after that, the two best records. You can justify that. Okay, the two teams that are in the wildcard round that didn't win their division have the best record, and the other four guys have won their division. It's justifiable and not just uh, kind of a gut decision, I, I want to say, by a committee yeah. that you can't really follow why that team and not the other one. Yeah, and Toby, to be completely honest, it's it always says the same thing. If you change it and you say, oh, the college football playoffs is going to go from a four-team to an eight-team, well, then why didn't the ninth team get in? Yeah. Then you change it to a 16-team. Why didn't the 17th team get in? It's the same thing all the time. We have the same problem with March Madness and NCAA basketball yeah. every year. It's always, why did this team get ranked this rather than this? But in the NFL – all the rankings make sense. Yeah. Yeah, remember when the Dayton Flyers got screwed by the Syracuse Orange and Michael was so mad. Oh, dude, yeah. you and I had to leave because of that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, one, one thing. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't change the playoffs in the NFL right now. But one thing that I would do right now is kind of reorder the divisions. So, uh for example, why are the Patriots in a division with the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills? They probably sure. will be in the playoffs for the next 20 years. My That's thing true. is, though, why are the Colts, who are in the northern hemisphere of the United States, in yeah, the so, AFC South? Yeah, some of, some of them don't make sense. And uh, so I, I, I would be reshuffle the divisions, just put some different teams into the divisions and it wouldn't just make for more exciting uh, division races who makes it to the playoffs. It would also cut down on uh, travel distances, which would also uh, improve costs for a team and all that stuff, which was a problem for, I think it was this offseason or last offseason. I'm not sure which one exactly it was. But there was a huge debate about it that traveling costs and all that in the NH- NFL are getting to a point that it is uh, it is just too much even for big NFL teams. It was a debate for the international games. Why are we doing international right. games if we have to travel that far, but most of the travel distance is within the country? So why not reorder the division? You have six games every or three games on the road in your division. Just put the teams closer together. I mean... Yeah, that would be perfect. 
Yeah, the Colts would be in the AFC North then. If they were to redo yeah, the, it. Yeah, the, the Colts are real. It's the Colts are really different, uh, difficult because the AFC North, I think, with the. Yeah, I, I, I could see that with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, they are Pittsburgh, already. Pre- yeah, pre- Baltimore. Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland. They are already pretty close together. I think you put really boot out. Uh, put out uh, Baltimore and put in Indianapolis. Put Baltimore in uh, on the east with uh, the the Jets, Bills, and uh, Patriots, and then put the Jaguars uh, in the south. It would make more sense. So I think and it, it also would make more people go to games. Yeah, which has been an issue for NFL stadiums for the past ten years because people don't want to go to games because for one, their favorite team is too far away. And the yeah. travel cost, like you said, is an issue. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not an issue with the playoff format, I think. I think we just have to put different teams in different divisions. That's one thing that that has to be done in the next coming years, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, now uh, we talked about divisions, playoffs, but that's all hypothetical. Now we're going to the actual playoff picture. Um Right now, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see the playoff picture for the AFC right now after week 11. Right now, in the number one seat are the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two seat are Pittsburgh. Number three, New England. Number four, Houston. Number five, the LA Chargers. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens. In the hunt right now are the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, and the Denver Broncos. Uh, It's really close in the AFC uh it's it's a toss up the baltimore ravens uh have the same record as the bengals and the dolphins if i'm correct uh, yeah the bengals the baltimore ravens the dolphins and the colts and the tennessee titans all have the same record yeah it's just the broncos that are behind one game right now so it it's really close for that uh second player uh second wild card the chargers are a bit, a little bit further ahead. I don't think that uh, anybody can uh, catch up with the Chargers right now. But yeah, I'm gonna start it off. My projected playoff picture for the AFC right now: uh, number one through five with Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Houston, New England, and LA is gonna basically stay the same. Just Houston and New England are gonna uh, switch places. New England just didn't look too good the last couple of weeks. I don't know how they are looking coming out of their bye week. Tom Brady wasn't really himself in the last couple of games. He kind of declined. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see uh, how he performs after that bye week. And Houston, I don't know. They are ranked really low on most of the power rankings right now, being it ESPN, NFL, Fox Sports 1. Uh, I don't know. They are basically in the mid-pack of the NFL right now. I see them a lot higher right now. I see them around the Colts, actually. In my ranking, somewhere around uh, the number 10 spot. So I think they're going ahead of the Patriots. But the Colts, for me, are the strongest teams uh, out of the yeah wildcard contenders right now. So they are getting the number two wildcard. <laughs> what are you guys doing right now? <laughs> about our team it caught our attention yeah i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah the, the colts for me are the definite favorite for the uh second wild card they might actually be the team that might be able to catch up with the chargers but they might fall short by just a little bit in the end mm-hmm. yeah what what are your guys uh projected playoff pictures 
Yeah, quick AFC playoff picture, real quick. Kansas City is going to stay at number one. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, for me, Pittsburgh, Texans, Chargers, New England will all be in the playoffs. They will all be in contention. I think it, those are all a toss-up. Those are going to move up and down a lot these upcoming weeks because of who's who's going to win, basically. It's all down to record. But again, I'm going to go with the Colts for the last AFC wild card spot because I don't think – because here, let me say this. Denver's not going to make it. They have to face the Chiefs again. They have to face the Chargers yeah. again. I do believe the Chargers will beat them on the second time around. The Chiefs will beat them. And – I don't – and the Tennessee Titans aren't doing it. They're going to have to face the Texans twice. They have to face us again, which they will yeah. lose. The Dolphins are going to lose to us next week. I can promise you that. They have to face New England. They just haven't looked very good. The Bengals and the Ravens, that's one that's just a toss-up. I mean, because yeah. ultimately, if the Bengals and the Ravens playing each other, it's ultimately a matter of who's, who's going to end up losing. And yeah. – I mean, I think at this point it's between the AFC North two guys, the Bengals and the Ravens, and then there's the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is pretty much going to go same as your guys. It's Kansas City one, Steelers two. Texans, I can think, can actually jump the Patriots for that third spot. New England at four. Uh, the first wild card spot, yeah, I got to give that one to the Colts because out of the other ones right there, I mean, there's that first week one loss to New England. Cincinnati, I should say. But the second spot is uh, – hang on, let me get closer for this one. Free real estate. Anybody can have it. <laughs> well, I think who's the last person – the last team to grab that, I think, is honestly the Ravens. I got to give it to the Ravens for that last wild card spot. So I you're, think you're staying with the actual playoff picture as it is right now. Yeah, yeah pretty much as it is right now. I mean, yeah. it's – it's looking all right to me because I mean, Lamar Jackson, he showed that he is mobile. He just needs to get yeah. good, I guess. Yeah. He'll, he'll look pretty good out there. Yeah, uh, that's what yeah. I mean. He's looking for the AFC. Of course that's the AFC and yeah, we're going to put up the a NFC playoff picture as well. Uh, Number one right now with the win on Monday night against the chiefs are the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, number two, the New Orleans Saints. Number three, the Chicago Bears. Number four, Washington Redskins. Number five, Carolina Panthers. Number six, Minnesota Vikings. In the hunt in the NFC right now are six teams compared to the AFC with five teams. In the NFC in the hunt right now are the Seattle Seahawks, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, the Atlanta Falcons, the Detroit Lions, and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's all in order as they have tiebreakers and all that and their record in there. Uh, so yeah, my prediction right now, as I'm starting this off again, my projection is that the saints are going to get the number one spot. The only, uh, thing why the Rams are in that number one spot right now is that they haven't had their bye week yet. Uh, so they have a record of 10 and one, the saints have a record of nine and one. And of course the saints have the tiebreaker with, uh, the, uh, a winning game against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. So for me, the Saints are the number one seed in the NFC. Number three are the Chicago Bears. They ju just look too good on defense right now. And of course, the NFC is, as we have discussed before, 
is kind of a mess right now, so I don't see anybody coming close to the record of the Chicago Bears right now. The NFC East, as I've said, the favorites right now are the Dallas Cowboys coming in at number four. Number five, the Carolina Panthers, and number six, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, uh, I think that it's going to be interesting for a couple toss-ups on the wild card rounds. I agree with you. The Saints will keep the number one spot. Uh, the Rams will keep the number two spot. I do believe Chicago will keep its uh, third spot. I think that their defense ultimately just puts them in the best position to keep that record. Uh I believe Carolina will stay in. Uh, I think Carolina, despite its recent struggles, will win a couple of games, and I think that they're just ultimately going to keep it by the record. And like I said before, I think the Washington Redskins are out. Uh, It's a matter of who takes that spot. Uh, It could could be the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, those are my three teams that I think have a shot. Well, you, you still yeah. need the, the NFC East division winner. <laughs> right, so. and I think it's I think it's ultimately going to be the that get in there. So uh, uh, to clarify, because you cut out, uh, he said it's the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Minnesota, that's a tough one. Uh, I do ultimately believe that the Minnesota Vikings will keep their spot, but it would not surprise me if the Seattle Seahawks uh, were able to swoop in and get that spot. Yeah, I think definitely the Saints should be number one because they beat the Rams in a head-to-head, and the Rams are going to move down to two, followed by the, uh, the, the Bears at three. And then lastly, I got the Cowboys as well at four. With the wild card spot, I think... The most deserving one right now is uh, the Vikings with the first one, with the first wild card position. Yeah. And then the uh, second one, I can kind of see the Panthers coming back from this one. I know they're one and four on the road, but I think once they get their act together, they could take that last spot. But then again, you got other comp- outside competition from them. So I'd say, at least as from what I've seen right now, if Cam Newton can get his act together again, you know, make smart decisions yeah. with playing the ball, I honestly think they can make it with that last spot in the wild card position. Yeah. All right, that's our predictions for the playoffs. Again, we're we're coming from further in the future to a little bit closer to uh, the present right now. Now we're coming from the playoffs to our Week 12 predictions. Uh, I think we're going to just do a quick fire round as this podcast went on for a little bit already so uh yeah. uh just yeah, not, not just uh put out your your predictions right here not too much uh, too many explanations just uh, yeah. make this a quick one yeah, all right was... first game are the chicago bears at the detroit lions the chicago bears defense and the bears dominating the lions give me the bears no carry on johnson as far as i know yeah, same for me. Chicago defense is going to dominate again. Next game, of course, the classic uh, at Thanksgiving right now. The Washington Redskins against the Dallas Cowboys. Redskins are depleted. Cowboys are going crazy. Give me the Cowboys. Well, I spent all this time talking about the Cowboys with you guys, so I got to take the Cowboys on Thursday. Yeah, same for me. Uh, I'm just going to put one name out there. Colt McCoy. What is he going to do? 
next game, uh, Thursday night this week, uh, Atlanta and New Orleans. Who that? Give me the Saints. Give me the Saints as well. Yeah, we're, again, all three of us picking the Saints. Uh, Atlanta really weak right now. Next one up, uh, the duel in Ohio, Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals bounce back this week. As much as I hate to say it, give me the Bengals. All right, I'm going to say this for the first time in my life. Give me the Browns. All right, I, I'm going with the Browns as well. Uh, I think Cincinnati is kind of uh, weak right now. So Browns are pretty hot, so Browns. Next game up, San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Uh, I had 49ers earlier, but I changed my mind with Tampa Give me the Bucks. Yeah, give me the Bucks as well. All right, uh, all three of us are going with the Bucks here. Me as well. San Francisco is just looking too weak right now. Uh, next game up, Jacksonville at Buffalo. Jags will bounce back after a terrible loss against Pittsburgh. They will beat the Bills. Yeah, I got to say the Jags. I think Jail- just the Steelers game shouldn't define their entire season. I think yeah. I got the Jags. Yeah, same for me. Jacksonville looks like they are getting kind of their defense back at least a little bit, and Buffalo is just, yeah, they, I don't know what they are good in right now, but clear <laughs> win for Jacksonville for, for me. Next game up, Oakland Raiders at Baltimore Ravens. Raiders were on an all-time high last week. week. Give me the Ravens. Give me the Ravens. It's going to be an easy game for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, same for me. Oakland is just looking bad. Same reason as with Buffalo right now. <laughs> Uh, next game up, Seattle Seahawks at the Carolina Panthers. Give me the Seahawks, who are fresh off a good win against Green Bay against the Panthers. I think – give me the Panthers on this one because I think they're going to definitely bounce back and close the uh, gap on what they left in Detroit. Yeah, I'm going with the Panthers as well. I think Cam Newton is angry that he lost that game, and he's going to let that anger out uh, against Seattle, especially at home. Next game up, New England at the New York Jets. Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, same for me. No further explanation. (laughs) No explanation needed there. And then New York Giants at Philadelphia. I think the Eagles find a way to slow down the Giants and come back and try to save their season. Give me the Eagles. Saquon Barkley and the Giants for the win. Give me the Giants. Yeah, same for me. And I'm not so much sure that Saquon Barkley is going too much, but I think that uh, OBJ is going to take advantage of the injuries in the secondary there. But next game up, Arizona Cardinals at the LA Chargers. Chargers will win this game. Chargers. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, going with the Chargers as well. Again, no explanation there needed. Uh, next up, Miami Dolphins at Indianapolis. And, and Colts Nation, get loud, get proud. Colts all the way. Colts are at home against the Dolphins team. Give me the Colts. Yeah, Colts at home right now uh, are just too strong. Um, next game, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Denver Broncos. I think the Steelers keep going with their tremendous comeback win. Give me the Steelers. Steel City all the way. Yeah, I'm also going with the Steelers. That run by the Broncos with that lucky field goal at the end has to stop at some point, and Pittsburgh is on a roll right now. 
Steelers all the way. Oh, yeah. Sunday night football, Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Toby, I know I said I was picking the Packers. Change my pick. I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah, uh, give me the Vikings as well. I just think that if you eliminate Rodgers out of the equation, the Packers have no chance. Yeah, uh, I think the same way, and Minnesota is a different team when they're playing at home. Mm-hmm. Minnesota for me. And Monday night football to finish it all off, the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Texans will be 8-3 and three after this game. Give me the Texans. Yeah, same for me. Texans, Tennessee is... Yeah, they might bounce back after that game against the Colts, but Houston is a strong team, as I've said before. And yep. that's our quick prediction segment for this week. And the podcast for this week is done. Uh, thank you guys again for joining me. It was a real pleasure again. You're uh, welcome. I hope all you guys that are watching, listening, or listening to this podcast right now, you'll join us again next week. And yeah. We'll see you next week. But until then, bye. Hit the like button to subscribe.